Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. Hi, welcome. I want to introduce you to a series of podcasts that we're going to be doing all about compassion. We'll have 16 different podcasts about what is compassion. How do we choose who to give our compassion to? How can we become self-compassionate? What is compassion anyway, and why do we bother or care about learning about it? I have a lot of personal experience right now diving into this idea of compassion. First of all, I'm actually taking a Harvard Extension School class. It's like an online class with a Harvard professor about compassion. It's from the Harvard Divinity School. The professor is Chris Berlin. And we're diving into two different aspects of compassion. One is the Buddhist tradition and what they teach about compassion and suffering. And then the other part is the research part of compassion. Who are the current researchers who are diving into compassion? What are they learning? And how can we marry these two topics or these two groups who have been discussing this topic, Buddhists who've been studying compassion and suffering for 2,500 years in their teachers and their traditions and what they've learned about it. And then these researchers who've been studying it for decades, what have they learned about compassion? The second thing that I'm doing is as I take that class, I'm working with my husband to read all the texts together, to take the class together, to discuss everything that's going on. And then I'm taking all of those things I'm learning and I'm turning around and teaching what I'm learning to a group. We've got about 20 people signed up for this class. And in our life-changing principles group, which is called life-changing membership, we're having discussions about what is compassion. How do we choose who to show our compassion to? What's the difference between compassion and empathy? Lots of different discussions and questions about learning how to have compassion, how to not let it overwhelm our lives, and how to direct it toward ourselves. So today we're going to start with what is compassion and why bother? Why should I bother learning about or thinking about compassion? I think the best way to start what is compassion is to ask some questions about it. What do you think of when you think of compassion? A lot of people think of things like, like empathy, like feeling for others and being aware of their pain or their hurt. I think a lot of people, when they think of compassion, come up with the idea of actually doing something for somebody, wanting to help. So you see something and you respond emotionally and you get it and you understand it and you empathize with them and you want to help. And that help can show up in a lot of different ways. So if compassion is sort of related to or has empathy as part of it, what's the difference between compassion and empathy? Empathy is really understanding and getting someone, right? It's like feeling with them. It's understanding their emotions. It's spending time with them. It's taking away your own thoughts and your own emotional journey and trying to get where they're coming from. Compassion seems like it uses empathy. It's a part of empathy. empathy. You experience empathy when you're being compassionate, but it also involves wanting to do something about it and taking action. That brings up another good question. So what counts as compassionate action? Does it count if you are praying for someone? Is that compassionate action? Do you have to do it right in the moment? Do you have to jump out of your car and go and help the person on the side of the road? Can you send good thoughts their way? Is that a compassionate thing to do? Can you 
make a phone call? Is a phone call or conversation part of compassion? Is sitting with someone, even though you're not acting to relieve their suffering, if, is sitting with someone a compassionate act? What kinds of actions are actually involved with compassion? That's an important question to think about. Different writers and researchers on compassion break compassion down into different numbers of components. Some use two, some use three, some use four. And I want to talk about four different components so that we can really unpack it and think about compassion and what is involved with compassion. So the first element that we can unpack is the empathy element. Imagining what someone else's pain or suffering might be like, that's, that's a part of it. And actually we can pause right here in the middle of the four elements and think about compassion as a response to suffering. Compassion doesn't just show up when things are going well. Compassion shows up when you see somebody, including yourself, hurting or suffering or experiencing pain or difficult things in some way. So compassion is a response to pain or to suffering. So back to the four ways. The first way then is empathy, where you imagine what that pain or suffering that you encounter might be like, and you can go, oh, I get this. I see this. I notice this. The second part of it is the desire to actually do something about it. You can see something and maybe not have a desire to do anything about it. That might be because of who it is that you see suffering. You might be glad they're suffering. It might be the mood you're in or the space that you're in. Maybe you just can't deal with that right now. It's interesting because this second part, they actually have quite a bit of research on the desire to help and how that forms very, very early on. They've even taken infants. And when an infant sees someone else who's distressed, they can have body signals that show that they're distressed, that they're upset, that they're worried about things. Their eyes dilate when they, they get like concerned. When the suffering in that other person gets relieved, then they relax, they calm down again, their eyes go back to normal, their heart rate, their body goes back to normal. And so even an infant can see someone in distress and be concerned about it. And when they see that that suffering is relieved, that it's all better now, then they can calm back down again. They do this in an experiment with 19 month olds too, where they uh, put a table in front of them and they're playing with food or toys or various things, depending on the experiment. And the researcher accidentally drops it down into a tray below, which he purposely does it, but it seems like it's an accident. And then he reaches over to try to grab it, but uh, uh, he can't reach it. And the little toddler will look up and be like, Oh, and they'll just go and help. They just, they know that that's a thing that is going to be helpful and they naturally help. And so from early on, we have the desire to help built within us, but things can happen over time where we lose that desire. Our growing up experiences develop patterns. They might show us that our help isn't helping, or they might show us that we're just not the kind of person who does that kind of help. So the first part is empathy imagining what someone else's pain might be like. And then the second part is the desire to do something about it. Now, the third part that happens in compassion is that we take action. We're willing to actually take action and do something. Compassion isn't just sitting there and going, huh, that stinks. Compassion is about movement. It's about actually doing something. So there's an element of action to it, both from the Buddhist perspective and from the research perspective. And so the fourth part about this is how that action that was taken actually lands. Did the help help? Was the help helpful? And I think that's a super fascinating part of compassion 
is for it to be really compassionate, not only do you have to see somebody else's pain or suffering, but you have to have the wisdom and experience to understand what that's like for them and to know what might be helpful so that you can take action that's actually helpful instead of harmful, even though your intentions were pure. Let's look at an example of this last one where help may or may not land. I know a woman who seems really, really compassionate. She has a lot of empathy and when she sees somebody sad or upset or pain in pain or suffering or anything like that, it really just touches her heartstrings and she really wants to help. She is always all about helping and jumping in and trying to do something about it. And she often will take action. She doesn't just sit around waiting or thinking about it. And what happens is that action that she usually takes is an over enthusiastic encouragement of, of you've got this and you can do this and let me show you how, and let me help you. And a lot of times her help actually ends up being kind of annoying. It's kind of dismissive. It's like as though a cheerleader is the only thing I need and encouragement is the only thing I need. I'm struggling here because of things that you're not understanding and you're trying to help me, but you don't even understand what's going on with me. And so this is an example of where you can have three of them, the empathy and the desire to help and, and the willingness to take action. But if that action doesn't land and come from a place of understanding and wisdom of what actually works with people, if it doesn't actually work, it doesn't end up being true compassion. So why would we bother then learning about compassion and these four broken down steps of what compassion actually is. Here's why I think it's important to learn about compassion. The two groups that study compassion, the Buddhists and the research psychologists have both come to the same conclusion that to be compassionate can be trained. You can actually learn how to be compassionate. How do you do that? Let's take a look at breaking this down just a little bit. I'm going to break this training discussion down into just two parts of compassion. The first part is the whole empathy part. Can you feel for someone and and want to help them? And then the second part is the whole taking action and your action landing and helping. How do we train in empathy? This first part of it. And why does that matter? There are a lot of things that can get in the way of having empathy for and with someone. Sometimes other people's emotions and experiences can be overwhelming to us. And so we kind of shut down and close off and don't want to be there and experience that with them because it's just overwhelming. We don't know how to experience and engage with someone else's emotions without getting carried away by them ourselves. And so the first part of the training is how to take a look at our thoughts, our feelings, what we want, what we need, all this stuff that's going on inside of us, either in our own lives or in response to someone else's pain and suffering that we're trying to help. So whether it's someone we're trying to help or whether it's ourselves, we look at our own emotions and our thoughts and our feelings and we go, wow, how can I get a little teeny bit of distance from those? How do I not get swept away and carried away and reactive to every little thing that goes on inside of me? How can I actually get a little bit of calm and stillness and watch what's happening inside of me? We can actually observe our own brains and bodies responding to pain and suffering, whether it's our own or somebody else's. We can watch our thoughts, which are just sentences in our brains. 
we can watch our bodies have emotions, which are just a series of hormones that trigger all different body parts to do things, our heart races, our our palm sweat, all different kinds of things happens within us, but you can actually sit back and observe that and feel the wave of emotion go through you until it dissipates because that's what all emotions do. You can actually ask yourself, what is it I'm needing right now? And different parts of you are needing different things. And when you ask yourself, you'll get answers to what am I needing right now? Or, or what do I want? As I think about what I want and what I'm moving toward, our brain and our body organizes itself to accomplish the things that we want. And so the awareness of all of these things inside of us is quite fascinating. What we think, what we feel, what we need and what we want, the awareness of that can be trained. You can actually practice how to become aware of that. And that's one of the things that we've been doing in this class. It's also one of the things that we'll continue to do in the podcast. We'll introduce some training ideas for how to separate yourself from your internal world and observe it, to sit back a little bit, get some distance from it, get some calm and to observe it. When we learn how to do that, all of a sudden empathy is possible. All of a sudden we can sit with someone in a really difficult situation and not get swept away by it and not judge it because we know how to separate ourselves from the big emotional turmoil of what's going on inside of us. The second part is the idea of taking action that works. How do we figure out what kind of action works? There's actually training for that too. And the bottom line basis of it is being present enough and aware enough with another person or with yourself, if we're talking self-compassion, to actually understand how they're suffering and where that suffering is coming from and what's happening. And when you can be present enough with a person to really understand what's happening, then we don't take just the first obvious action that comes to mind. A person who's homeless on a street corner asking for food has a wide variety of pains and suffering that they're experiencing. They may or may not be suffering from hunger in the moment. They may or may not be suffering from mental illness and difficulties. They may or may not be suffering from relationship problems. They may or may not be experiencing shame in the moment of being in this situation. There's layers and layers of things that they're experiencing all at the same time. And so the compassionate act to help whatever is going on with them depends on what is going on with them in that moment. And while it might seem appropriate to stop and give them a snack or something to eat, even that is maybe or maybe not what they need. That may or may not relieve their actual suffering. So to take appropriate action, we would need to be practiced in sitting with people and asking the kinds of questions and being open and not judgmental in a safe space where they can actually tell us personal things so that we can learn what it is they actually need and want so that their lives make sense to us. Then the second thing to do is when we start thinking about how we may or may not be able to help in this situation, one is to recognize that sometimes we can't and to be able to sit with that helplessness is a form of compassion. But if we can help, what help is actually going to help? That takes wisdom and wisdom is born of experience and paying attention to our experiences. When we're young, we have all kinds of solutions to the world's problems. And so when we begin to implement some of those solutions and be brave and take action, 
we begin to learn that our actions don't always land and we begin to discover some of the reasons why that's so. As we learn that, we gain wisdom into humanity and what works and what doesn't work and why some things work for some people, but not for other people. So what is compassion? It's noticing or seeing pain or suffering in yourself or in another and having the desire and willingness to take action in a wise way that will actually help. And why talk about it in 16 different podcasts in this season? Because we're wired to want to help. When we see pain and suffering, we want to help. It's a part of who we are. And learning what the professionals have to say about it helps us to understand how to go about it without getting tripped up, without getting overwhelmed or overburdened, without reaching out for help that doesn't help, without getting stuck or stymied and not wanting to help because of our own issues with help in the past and how that's worked out for us. And without getting overwhelmed by other people's suffering, instead of turning away from it and ignoring it, to be able to turn toward it and embrace it, but without getting swept away or overwhelmed by it. All of these skills are learnable. And that's what we're talking about this season on compassion. How can we develop it? How can we get past the things that trip us up? And how can we direct compassion to ourselves? Looking forward to a whole season of compassion. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.